listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. The testimonials appearing in this podcast reflect individual experiences and individual results may vary. Cardinal Health does not claim nor should the listener assume that any individual experience recounted in this podcast is representative of what another consumer may experience. The Cardinal Health Counter Talk podcast in collaboration with Pharmacy Podcast Network is for independent pharmacists to learn about the state of the industry, innovative services and solutions, and the future of pharmacy. Join me, your host, Jason Calori, for conversations with pharmacists, Cardinal Health leaders, and industry experts sharing best practices, discussing industry trends, and showcasing Cardinal Health products and services. You can subscribe to the Cardinal Health Counter Talk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So good morning. Hi, my name is Kim Stokel and I'm with the Consumer Health Division at Cardinal Health. And I'm extremely excited to have um, Greg Clem and Rima Jewett Google here with us um, from AARP. So welcome to RBC. Extremely excited to have these subject matter experts um, talk more about family caregivers. So tell us more, Rima and Greg, what do you do at AARP? Why did you join us at RBC this year? Wow. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Kim. It's really a pleasure to be here. And I know for Greg and I, we've been looking forward to this all week. (laughs) Um, A couple things. First of all, what do I do at AARP? I follow Greg. Greg is... (laughs) That's what I do. No. I am the director of um, strategic partnerships at AARP. And in that vein, we look at the enterprise how do we thread the needle across the various um, issue pillars that AARP has in the pillars of health, wealth, and self, and think about partnerships that can extend and amplify our reach as a wise friend and fierce defender. And Greg? Yeah, thank you again, Kim. Uh, the setup is fantastic. It's a beautiful place, and I love Boston. Um, yeah, I mean, to follow what Rima said, we are constantly out looking for opportunities uh, that would enable us to expand our social mission and amplify the work that we're doing. And so RBC and you all, Cardinal Health, has given us a great opportunity to talk about that mission in a different way. And as Rima mentioned, we talk uh, and focus on, from a strategic objectives perspective, about 13 different issue areas at AARP. Wow. So things like financial security, things like healthcare, things like brain health. But our, one of our, the biggest issues that we focus on is caregiving. And that's what really brings us to RBC this week, is to talk about opportunities for education and delivery of resources around the caregiving space. Wow, excellent. Yes, family caregiving, I mean, it's such a growing segment and the population seems to keep growing and so many more needs happening there. And I feel like, you know, that caregiver is looking to be younger and younger, but what do you guys see? Like, what does that family caregiver profile look like in say a retail setting? Right, it's um, something that's really interesting to us because we are recognizing that the retail setting is maybe the first place that a family caregiver is going to go into and purchase products for the sake of taking care of their loved one. We know that family caregivers are skewing much younger these days than your typical 50 plus, which is a AARP demographic. We know that they're um, really at a point of confusion. They're thrust into the role and they don't know what they don't know, but they need help. We, we have this little 
motto that we know family caregivers think about, which is see me, help me, and connect me. And so we know that independent pharmacies, for example, are a prime place where they can be seen, they can be helped, and they can be connected to the resources in community. Yeah, and I would, I would just add to that that AARP is here, and you will probably notice that we are not on the floor and we are not selling products. We're here to talk about education and really follow on to our commitments of being a wise friend and fierce defender of the older adult population. Um, and what you may not know is that pharmacists actually rank higher than doctors in research that we've done as the number one resource and the first call that consumers make when they are, as Rima said, thrust into that caregiving role. So it's a hugely important in informational and settling position that a, pharma a pharmacist holds. Mm -hmm. And so we would love to be able to and would like to be able to help those pharmacists with the education that they need and be a trusted resource that they can look to for accurate information, accurate resources and education that they can pass on to the consumer. I love it. I love that title of wise friend, fierce yes. defender. To me, that it, it reminds me of what an independent pharmacist is, right? It's like those that, you know, their community trust for information. Um, but, you know, they are very, you know, fiercely fighting for those patients and, um, and always there for that community. So very nice kind of tag that, again, reminds me of that independent pharmacist. Mm -hmm. So we talk about family caregiving, right? And, but what is that definition? To AARP, what is the definition of family caregiver? Sure, I think there's probably a couple different ways to look at it, but let's talk about some of the statistics because those are easy and we've, we've seen them and we've done a lot of research on, on what that looks like. The average caregiver is a 48-year-old 48 female. And in that instance, that 48-year-old female, and we've started to coin the term the sandwich generation, because that uh, person is not only taking care of their own children, but they're also taking care of older adults in the family. Yeah. And so that represents a doubling of efforts. Uh, if you have children, you know how hard it is and fun it is and fulfilling <laughs> it is to take care of them. Yes. But at the same time, you're adding a whole nother job onto the things that you're already doing. I think I can understand exactly everything you just said, <laughs> personally. Uh, yeah, the other interesting stat that pops up is uh, that we're recognizing is that 30% of caregivers are under 35 years of age. Wow, under 35? Yeah. Correct. Wow. And so we define caregiving as you are 18 years old or older, taking care of someone who is 18 years old or older. Gotcha. And so we don't usually uh, include children in that uh, equation. However, we have to recognize the demographic of the people that are showing up as caregivers and recognizing that they have other things on their plate as well. Um, the other thing is that I would mention is, is that one in three caregivers live in rural areas. And so asking why RBC, the coverage of the pharmacies that you have in the network uh, cover a lot of those rural areas mm -hmm. and should understand that they can play a critical role in the community. And that's a really important thing for us. And I think the last thing from a uh, caregiving perspective is caregiving still kind of carries a stigma and people don't usually raise their hand and self-identify that they're a caregiver because they may not understand exactly that what they're doing is actually caregiving. 
And so the numbers and the stats that we have are really helpful and they help us identify, I think, over 48 million caregivers in the United States. But we think we don't actually know the true breadth of what a caregiver is because most people say, well, I'm just taking care of my mom. And the other piece that sort of, and that I'll end with on this is, is that one in three people live with the person that they're caring for. So when you think about all of those things combined, you can think about some of the stresses that come with being a caregiver. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So you guys recently um, released a report um, entitled Valuing the Invaluable that provides a real perspective on the human impact of family caregivers. So what are some of the key insights coming out of that report? I mean, one of the biggest things that uh, is kind of mind-blowing is that when you think about 48 million family caregivers. Such a large number. Such a large number, right? And then you think about what is that economic impact. We have measured that that's a 600 billion, with a B, wow. dollar impact in terms of both job loss, um, spend, for example, we know on average a family caregiver from these 48 million spends $7,200 out of their own pockets to take care of their loved one. So that represents that spend, it represents job loss, it represents other impacts, and the fact that these family caregivers are putting in roughly 24 plus hours per week, that's on average, of unpaid care. You so know, 7200 dollars on average out of pocket and that does not include the loss of income from caregiving. Right. Staggering. It is staggering. And we were um, looking through the report because we're here in the great state of Massachusetts. So just to put it in more context, in terms of what that means for the state of Massachusetts out of that $600 billion economic impact, we know that in the state there's 780,000 family caregivers that have identified themselves. So there are a lot, probably more, that haven't. And that means that this economic impact is roughly $15 billion with a B just in Massachusetts. In Ohio, where you guys are based, it goes up to $21 billion. And so state by state, these, these numbers are staggering. And growing. And growing. And growing. Yeah, and there's a really interesting sort of comparison that I like to make. I'm a big basketball fan. Love it. I love watching the NCAA tournament, as probably a lot of people do in this audience today. Um, there were studies done after the 2023 NCAA tournament that said that total productivity losses from watching the tournament was $17 billion. And that's just a three-week period of the year. So think about the economic impact of productivity of somebody who's caring for a loved one for six months for six years and how that can potentially impact their work life, uh, their, their home life. And ultimately, you even as an employer would look at that and say, man, there is a lot happening in this person's life. And how does that translate to what's happening in what they do in the, in the, in the work setting as well? Wow. So we've talked about the economic impact um, and, you know, and some of the stress, but gosh, the mental impact, how that's, is that like playing also, into it? That's a great question, and, and I think it's gotten worse since COVID because a lot of the um, ways that family caregivers had to show up during the time of lockdowns has been even more challenging for them. So we know in mental health terms that people feel like one in five have reported feeling alone. They find it difficult to take care of their loved one. They're dealing with challenges that are staggering, and they don't have an outlet to share or to even access the resources that they need. So. Isolation becomes 
like the, the biggest challenge for them. And the mental health impact then equates into the physical impact wow. on their loved ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I can see like you know, the more like their pharmacist or they have other resources that can help educate them, like right, that has to help lessen that kind of mental burden as well. Um, but just so much opportunity to continue to help those caregivers that are really working hard trying to help those Abs that they're caring for. Absolutely. And one thing to add to that, you just triggered a, a, an aspect of being a family caregiver that we found in the retail setting, to go back to your first question. They go shopping in stores as a part of their respite. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. So just think about that. They are feeling isolated. They are challenged with the day-to-day. -day. And the opportunity to get out of the house to go pick up prescriptions or whatever else, sundries they may need. Whatever errands they need. Mm -hmm. That is their moment of respite, which is, I mean, you know, in some cases you feel kind of, that, that's right. a lot. <laughs> it's a respite why they're still working, basically, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. Wow. So um, we kind of talked through, you know, the insights are coming on, you know, through the report that was just released. What do you think some of the long-term implications of this segment um, exist for Americans? Well, I think the, the biggest takeaway for us is that this segment is continuing to grow. Yeah. Uh, exponentially and rapidly. So 48 million and growing. And growing. And growing. 100%. Um, I think the other thing is is that now caregivers and even older adults are having to work longer right. in, their li in their lifespan uh, to maintain the lifestyle that has now been presented with them. So when you're talking about that out-of-pocket cost that we're talking about of $7,200 per year, think about how many extra hours you have to work to make that up. That's and true. when you, again, when you add that over periods of time, you're starting to recognize that you have to work longer to do the same things. And in some cases may even have you dip into your retirement savings or what have you. Uh, as, as I'm sure this audience well knows, the, the cost of healthcare is not going down. Um, and so it's a significant impact over the, over the long term. Um, and we only see that continuing to grow over time. Wow. Um, so what are some of the key takeaways, right? We've talked about what family caregivers are. We've talked about what's going on and how it's, you know, evolving. Um, and, and again, what to expect a little bit in the future. So for the retail independent pharmacies that are here, you know, at RBC, what are some of the key takeaways? What would you tell them, you know, that they can do to help those in their community? Yeah, I would say that, first of all, the, the pharmacists represent a fundamental link to the caregiving efforts that the individual caregiver is providing, but also the, the potential impact on customer loyalty, that recognition of what these folks are buying, what their needs are, mm -hmm. and how to deliver on those needs. As we said before, the pharmacist is ranked higher than the doctor in terms of the place to go for education mm -hmm. and resources. So that's a huge recognition, and I think if the pharmacists do recognize that and can start to really talk the language that these caregivers need, I think that's a huge, there's a huge long-term opportunity and benefit. Um, I think the, the other thing is, is that there are more places to go. There continue to be more places to go to get that information. Mm -hmm. And one page that AARP has created is, uh, is a web page that is focused on caregiving specifically. And it's very simple to get to, and it's aarp.org caregiving. 
and there you can find uh, the vulnerable uh, value in neat and valuable yeah. as you as you spoke of before and other caregiving resources that we present over time and put a lot of money research and time and effort into yeah. to build so that there is a place you can go to get that education oh my gosh sounds like a great resource anybody could go to anytime and just find out some more information um you know maybe even specifically to a question that's coming into their pharmacist so what a great resource. Any I, other opportunities? Yeah, and I think also the work that we're doing with you, right? Yeah. So looking at how do we partner with consumer health, I know you have some plans this year, and we are here to help support that in terms of um, really channeling and curating the resources that could be helpful to your customer base. Yeah. yeah. So this, I think, is where we, we see the potential to figure out how to help um, the independent pharmacists understand these needs through your, you know, through partnering with you, and then um, determining what else, like what else can be done and how else can we help family caregivers in yeah. the long run. Yeah, and I think I would add one more piece to that, and we've talked a lot about the size and the scope of the independent pharmacies, over 7,000 locations yeah. across the country, and we talked about a single website to go to serve that. AARP also has 50 state offices uh, where we are working on these issues at the local and community level as well. And we think they can be great resources for the pharmacist mm -hmm. uh, to reach out to, and they are welcome to reach out to our state offices to ask for advice, help. And the other piece that goes along with that is we've trained over nationally over 60,000 volunteers who can assist in the delivery of education or resources. And we understand that the independent pharmacist is potentially one person. And they may need help in distributing that information or creating opportunities to deliver that information. And we can provide that help on a local level by leveraging the, the multitude of people who have signed up to actually go out into the community and, and help with the delivery of this information because of the recognition of how important it is to us over the long term. Oh, wow, that's excellent. So they actually have some help that like some feet on the street that can help them within the pharmacy. Absolutely. Because um, I know a lot of our pharmacies are so involved in their communities, doing community events. So I think that would be so helpful for them. So they just contact the AARP state offices um, for more information on that. Um, excellent. And I'm very excited for the next year to partner with AARP and you know to provide the pharmacy some more education um, and just resources and tools um, on how they can better serve their patients and the caregivers in the community um, that's around them. It's, it's just a huge segment that's continuing to grow. Um, I think as we talk about healthcare and ways um, to better service those communities, it's recognizing, you know, these are the people that are, you know, right there and may not raise their hand asking for the help, I think, as you mentioned, right. um, but being able to notice, you know, within their community where that exists um, and get those resources out there to them. So excited for our upcoming partnerships and getting more of that information out there. So excited for you guys to join us today and at RBC to share some more information. Um, so thank you. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you thank very you. much.